Hey, everybody, and welcome to Upon Further Review, episode 52, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960. Even if you already know the ending, does the twist still pack a punch? How much exposition is too much exposition? Have you ever been honeydicked so good it made you steal $40,000? Does this film deserve to be on the list? We'll be the judge of that. It's the UFR Podcast. What's up? This is Noah. And Jonesy. And we are back this week talking psychos from 1960. Yeah, so too much. No, it was, it was it was tepid, bum, bum, but I'll take it. Which is which is funny because I didn't realize until I watched it this time that the music that they play at the beginning is uh, was sampled by Buster Rhymes for the song "Give Me Some More." Nice. And I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. Nice. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We gotta listen to that. Then it's a good it's a good song. <laughs> give me some more. But it's just that repeated, basically. Well, you better give me some more. It's great. Sweet man. Well, I mean, I mean, this is a classic, right? Like yes. Alfred Hitchcock. This is obviously is the first one him. on the list. Signature Hitchcock, his first horror film, right? So, what did you think? Uh, so I the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it, and you know, I how like, old were you? Ten? Uh, maybe <laughs> you watched as a ten years old, yeah. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I like this movie. I was like, oh, it's interesting. But this time I saw it, and uh, I don't think it really holds up because I think it is so dependent on the twist that once you know the twist, the movie just – I think it's clever that you kill off the main character like 50 minutes into the film, like halfway through. Sure. I think – I still think that's clever, and it's it's not a red herring, but it's nice to be like, oh, shoot, well then – where are we going with this? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think I think the little elements are interesting, but it's like I said, I think once you know the twist, when you rewatch it, I just I, I I think it's so dependent on that twist that it doesn't really leave a lot for replaying. And that's just for me. Yeah, I got you, man. I agree with you. I watched this thing in film school when I was like, I don't know, like 18 19 something like that and uh i enjoyed it the first time around i thought it was really great i was like cool this is really cool um you know good great thriller i don't it's tough that they say horror because i don't know does it feel horror to me it's kind of it's like uh m night Shyamalan if he directed an episode of law and order (laughs) maybe i just don't feel like it's very horror Ask. Um, I can yeah. see that there's elements of some it's of the horror thriller. genre, but I, it, to me, it's quintessential like or psychological drama. psychological thriller mm-hmm. to me more than anything. Um, so I wasn't really uh, fearful by any means in the same way because I mean, growing up in the '90s, horror films are like uh, you're going to be murdered, exactly What's like Hellraiser and Halloween. Scream. Those are in Scream. Yeah, those are movies that are horror films. Yeah. Um, even, you know, ironically, even Scream to me wasn't very horror-esque. Like, it had elements because of horror. Because it was more hor- of a, hom- like, an homage to exactly, horror films. Exactly, to horror films, but it was more a of, like, tongue a tongue-in-cheek. Th- to me, felt more like a uh, a thriller as well. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, So, 
outside of that, you know, watching this movie when I was younger, I was like, okay, I like this. And then when I watched it again uh, this week, I was like, a lot of the things still hold up for me, mm-hmm. but I think you put the nail on the head, dude. Once you know the giant twist at the very end, the whole movie unravels in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I think what I enjoyed out of knowing the ending and then paying attention to all the little subtle details that were planted throughout the entire film. I enjoyed watching it from that perspective, but I do wish that I'd never seen this movie before. And then I came at it, um, not knowing what that twist was by the Mm -hmm. very end. So it's kind of like for me, seven, I knew Uh the twist about seven before watching it. So when that happened, the whole movie, exactly, exactly. Ruined the whole goddamn movie. That's the, the, everything leads up to that giant moment. Uh, See, yeah, I mean, most definitely then. So anybody that's listening to this right now, make sure that you, um, if you have not seen it, spoiler alert, but also at the same time, it is a really good film. It's really well made. First time you watch this thing afterwards, it's still a good film to come back to you, but it doesn't hold the same tension as if it, as if you watched it for the first time, because you know, you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. So at least that for me, but I guess now that we, we know what the, the ending is, what do we think about the movie from like a filmmaker's yeah, perspective? So let's let's get into it. Let's start at the beginning. Bum bum. Um, I I thought the the score is amazing, dude. I really absolutely and phenomenal. in fact, uh, Alfred Hitchcock loved the score so much he doubled the salary of the composer after doing it. Really? Um, That's to, really like thirty three thousand was uh, still a lot of money. Still back a lot of money then. back then in nineteen sixty. Yeah, uh, and Alfred Hitchcock says. He attributes 33% of the success of the film to the music. Dude, now, totally. I think <clears throat> I would argue more because I think some of those scenes, the, the way the dialogue was was like written, wasn't really that tense without the music. I mean, it was very matter-of-fact dialogue without that music kind of implying that there was more to it. Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, I'm... But I feel like at the same time, you know, the dialogue, especially in that opening scene, you know, we have this beautiful sweeping in the hotel room in Arizona. Right. You know, we have this beautiful sweeping um, pan across the skyline of Arizona. And then you're kind of cross dissolving, you know, names for credits Mm -hmm. and then falling into the bedroom. The dialogue, I think, is it's very romanticized. I feel. Um, So I don't know. I felt like that type of cadence throughout the entire film worked really well because in some crazy way, the the romanticism stays in almost every scene in my I can opinion, see that. Yeah. you know? So I think at the same time for me, the music played right when it needed to be played. Uh-huh. Um, Cause there was moments of just absolute silence, yeah. you know, or I was like, waiting for a sound waiting because he, he plays a lot of sound scores throughout his movies already. So mm-hmm. my, my initial assumption was that there was going to be played through the rest of it, yeah. but coming at this movie, knowing that I was paying attention to it and realizing, Oh shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. He, he didn't, he used the music in the right places. I feel kind of swelling up a moment and what have you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I think the music was phenomenal. Um, and it's very iconic too. Agreed. So I'm not really surprised that Buster Rhymes used it because it's a very, very distinct sound. Yeah. Um, and I love how it was all strings. Like that was the the whole um orchestra was just strings. I think that's really cool, yeah. really sweeping, really I mean 
strings have that versatility that can kind of yeah but have you found like strings in like horror movies or like good thrillers like strings have a way of like building tension and anxiety in such a wonderful way Uh, they literally have tension that's (laughs) what they're made out of (laughs) right and they do um you feel you feel those strings through Mm. through the sound i feel now going to the character of the boyfriend. Yes, Sam. Sam, did you think he really wanted um, to commit to her? Because it kind of felt like she was basically like, no matter what, I want to commit to. And he's like, nah, like you wouldn't be happy with that. Where she basically like, we can be totally broke together. And he's like, you know, mm. nah, <laughs> like, like I'd rather just bang you. I That's kind of how I felt at first. I would agree with you <laughs> most definitely. I think the hard part for me is like you got to think we weren't born until 25 years later. Right. Okay. Well, it's so, like the man's supposed to make the money. Exactly. The yeah. man's supposed to make the money. He's paying the Those, alimony like, to his ex-wife. Thing. Exactly. You know, he has to worry about meeting up with this lady um, in a hotel room uh, however many hours away from – from his home. Yeah. Right. So I think at the same time, it was, it, to me, it was very much a self-worth type of scenario, mm. but it did come off. I think if it was that from our day and age, we'd be like, hustler. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, oh, he just wants, yeah, he just, he just wants to hit and quit his son. Yeah. And get in those big yeah. boobies and say bye-bye. <laughs> but that's what it felt like at least. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until later that, um, we realized that he he's he actually a good guy. Yeah. You know, he, he cared for he sure. Cared and he wanted to push forward to find out what really happened to her. Right. And I think if you're watching it with your mindset now about relationships, totally agree with you. But I think if we can push ourselves into like how our grandparents think about relationships, yeah. I think it was fine. Yeah. Reasonably. Yeah. It just seemed kind of funny to me where he's like, mm. Mm. Nah. Did or she say, we yeah. could just, you know. <laughs> or we could just bang. Yeah, we I mean, could just, we could do, just do this. This is fun. Yeah, this is this is great. This is wonderful. Is this this is not the closet that I'm sleeping in. This is this literally is nice. a hotel room. Yeah, I mean we only paid like ten dollars for do this you, room. Do you see this view? This view wonderful. is great. Exactly. Like it's, it. It's magical. And why the hell would I want boiled steak? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you got me. Boiled steak mm. with your mom and your grandmother and your mom your mom's dead photo. You say the prettiest words. And your sister. <laughs> oh, mm, boil <laughs> and boiled steak. Sounds like a great time. Sure. Let me show <laughs> it up. Right? Like, like that put on my a, Sunday's best for that. That was a big sell for me. <laughs> Telling me that shit. No. Don't come at me, boiled steak, <laughs> my ass. How about we just fuck? Is that cool? Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I'm only going to agree to this if there's also boiled cabbage. That's uh, just... Exactly. That is the clincher. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway, she goes to the office. I found her coworker to be crazy. Like, first yeah, off, she's talking about bit. her guy being upset because she doped herself up on tranquilizers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. well, I'd be insulted, too. You're like, <laughs> like mm, excuse me? Is this not enjoyable for you that you have to be all doped up like a? Well, I think it makes a point though, right? Because she she kind of doesn't really want to have that job. She's kind of stuck in a place. It's not very happy, you know. So I think having a character like that to be like, I'm on tranquilizers. Mm. And also when the the rich guy went by, she's like, oh, he must have seen that I was engaged or I whatever. Know, right. like, oh yes, it was your the ring. Hell, do you no, think you, you look like a damn horse lady? That's why he didn't say shit to you. You're loopy as shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> you're cross-eyed i'm just gonna be honest with you um 
What did you think about the uh, the guy with the money? Just the flapping per- it around. The old dude. Yeah, dude. Kind of looked like Brian Doyle. Do you know the actor Brian Doyle Murphy? Or Murray? Mm-hmm. He's Bill Murray's brother. He's been in a lot of stuff. He kind of looks like him. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It was super pervy. Like, right? Like, very suggestive. Yeah. Just like, look at my money. Basically saying, look at my dick. Waved it in front look of her. Look at my dick. Mm-hmm. Look at my dick. That's pretty much what it felt like the entire time. But in very in a very unique, suggestive way of just like, I got all this money. I know you're going to take it to the bank. And if you steal it, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Wink, wink. I mean, basically, he's one of those octogenarians now that basically goes to the strip comes like, look, I know I'm old as shit, but I have a lot of money. You're young. You like pretty things. Let's do this. Yeah, right. He's like, I like I pretty know. things. You like pretty things. Let's match in the middle here. He knew what he had to bring to the table, and it was literally just money. Well, did you feel like he was actually trying to, like, hit on her? Like, being like, hey... I need uh, a I, date for this wedding. Initially, I felt like he was testing the waters. Yeah. It felt like he was It's kind of, I mean, I see these old dudes at the gym all the time where they'll say kind of suggestive stuff to the pretty young thing. And uh-huh. just when they tell that the girl's nicely blowing them off, then they'll play it off like they were joking the whole time. But really, it's like kind of like just kind of <laughs> sticking my toe, seeing like just see, okay, testing cool. out the no, waters. you don't like that? All right, cool. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I was kidding. Later. I was so okay. kidding All about right. that. Oh, I'm going to go home and cry. You almost got tricked by me, but I was kidding. <laughs> That's how it felt. I'm going to go get a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it felt. It just felt like he was initially testing the waters because he was laying it on thick. Super thick. And the other lady over there, you can hear her panties dissolving. Yeah. She like, was just uh, like, oh, if I didn't have this heavy ring on my hand. It's like, <laughs> you yeah, look over like, there. Oh. She's trying to like take it off her. It's like, oh. Yeah, and I mean, the guy was basically just like, yeah, my daughter's 18, never wanted for anything. I'm buying her this house because $40,000. Which actually equated to about $313,000 today. In inflation, yep. So, I mean, at the pretty decent amount of money. That is, that's like, a that's nice a, little that's house. That's a new life. That's a nice house in Phoenix, Arizona now. I was about <laughs> to So true. I'm like, a $40,000 house in Phoenix in the desert? Uh, what is that? A castle? <laughs> Jesus, does it's it a come compound. with a moat. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, it comes with its own cult. Jesus, you know, it's a nice big compound. all up on the rocks over there. <laughs> is it built on the rocks? As, I mean, yeah, but as a moat, you know, alligators and sharks, drawbridge and shit. You know it. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money for a damn house. <laughs> I never thought the houses so. Cirque First du Soleil of all, has a tent in the backyard. Phoenix, there was like shacks everywhere, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. still oh, in the d- west. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean? recently were... Phoenix blew up. Like, yeah, in, dude, uh, my brother just bought a house in nineties, early two thousands. It blew the fuck up. Yeah, my brother literally just bought a house just now out there and I'm like thinking about him buying a house in Phoenix at that time I'm just like dude they still had freaking you know uh, swinging doors when you went in. You, you you kicked in the saloon, saloon doors for all we know this guy could have said the line wrong and what he was supposed to say is I just bought Phoenix Arizona $40,000 that's what I would have believed right yeah. there I was like well I own this joint and why, <laughs> why don't you come on and sit on Pappy's lap you know but yeah man like yeah so I mean 
but here's the thing. You kind of have to set up that character to be to hate him this much, right? Well, because you still want to be on her side. Exactly. So the fact that he's this pervy blowhard, it's like a little forgivable that she just bounces yeah, with the money. Yeah, because he deserves it at this yeah. point, flaunting it in front of my face. What do you think me? What do you, what do you think of me? He, like, uh. waved it right in front of her. Yeah, like, literally, like, <laughs> look what I got. So... Good for and you. And I love honey. when she's like, Good "I have a you. headache. Can I leave?" And her boss is like, "Sure, that doesn't sound specific. The Go funny, ahead." The or funny part suspicious. is suspicious. Suspicious, right? Ugh. I mean, the, the funny part to me is just like, uh, she is pretty much just dick drunk. That's what the headache is from. She's yeah, like, man. My head hurts. She's yeah. She's been honey dicked. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she is all about that. She's like, oh, he can finally get out of alimony. And well, here's the interesting thing. My question in the beginning, and maybe I'm reading into it just a little too much, but it did did kind of seem like she knew that money was coming in that day. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Well, interesting. I mean, Potentially, because she's like, is he back from his from his meeting? I mean, there's only three people in the entire office. Oh, so you think she had this planned? Potentially. I mean, she came in right away saying my head hurt. Like, that's the first thing she said. Well, I think that was her justification for having a long lunch where she's uh, like, uh, I guess oh, I could see, you that. know, sorry, I didn't come in an hour later. I just had such a headache. I could see that. Yeah, because, I mean, if she planned it, then you're just kind of like she's I, I guess in the same sense, she's not that smart. No. This is kind of like a crime of passion more yeah. than a more than an actual thought out thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. You win. But I mean, it, it could totally be that. I just didn't think about I it. I don't that see way. it because if I think about the rest of the movie, I'm like, mm, no, you're stupid, dude. Yeah, that's silly. But it seems kind of a rash decision for her to be like, oh, here's Agreed. actual money that I mean, because you kind of assume with him nonchalantly saying, can you drop it off in the bank? You kind of assume this is not unusual. Un- yeah. So for her to just up and decide, I think it was a hundred. Well, I don't I think I think for me, it was not nonchalant. Like he's like, I don't even want that money in here. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, just, that shit I'm just saying trusting her on that. Gotcha. Like, Trusting her to go do that and be alone with that money, I feel like that was probably customary for her. Yeah, I mean, he's that, known her for like 10 years. Yeah. And yeah, so, okay, the relationship so, is, and is I think, built. I think she's just so desperate to be with this dude and he's all bitching about the alimony not having any money that she's like, I solved our problems. Yeah, totally. I, I could totally see that. So, I mean, do you feel like it was it was a big jump for her to go from... Kind of. Just like automatically being like, here's the money. Fuck it. Let's move. Yeah. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did kind of feel that way too, but it didn't, to me, it didn't bother me that they just went ahead with it. Yeah. You know, only because I feel like if you add more scenes and shit like that into yeah. that moment, you're just like, okay, we get, she's going to take the money anyway. I feel like now you'd have to have way more of a justification or rationalization about why now why this is the time that she's decided to do this out of any other. Yeah. But I feel like well, four it, movies back about then. It, think about it from our point of view now though. You know what I'm saying? Like with 300,000. Uh, I mean, she was, she looked like she was well in her thirties. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a husband. She's been she having, ain't getting any younger. She ain't getting, she still lives at home with her sister. That shit's drying up. She better start having babies. You like know what right I mean? now. my assumption is just like anything that I could do. I found a decent man yeah. that, that does that I need to, that I want to kind of help out, you yeah. know? And so it made sense for her to make that jump because uh-huh. at least there's motive. True. True. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I still think if, I mean, they remade it, but I still think if they tried to make it fit today, it could be the same, you know, rationale. I just feel like there'd probably be a little bit more explanation to it now. Yeah. But I feel like now, you know, like women are going to be, be like, oh, hell no, much. you don't need yeah. to go do that with that man. Yeah. Make him earn it. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, it's, I think right now, not to be, not, not to be sexist by any means, but or misogynistic. I think there's just a, there's a different air right now for female. That women can take care of themselves. Exactly. And you know. I think this movie is a, is a great like time capsule from the sixties. Exactly. Yeah. For the sixties. I don't know if that, that plot line will hold up I in agree. our day and yeah. age personally, just yeah. because of that. Uh-huh. And, but I mean, they remade the movie in 98 uh-huh. held in then, which is fine, but I don't think you can have that same plot line right this second. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it was even it was fleeting even in the ninety. In yeah, in I mean, I think it, the yeah. first weekend people were like, oh, interesting, and then <laughs> bye. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't I don't know a lot of people who love that remake. I don't even think I've seen it to be honest with you. I haven't. I've uh, seen I've seen bits and pieces. I'd um, be curious though. I mean, it has Vince Vaughn playing uh-huh. Norman Bates, which I was like, hmm? which is interesting. Yeah, because yeah. he's played creepy and he's played straight and he's played action even mm-hmm. before he was known for the comedy stuff. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm, he's a pretty versatile guy. Yeah. You know, so I'm curious. I would, I would see it because I like Vince Vaughn movies mm-hmm. personally. So yeah. I'd be curious. Uh, so then it, this leaves to her leaving. Yes. So she drives, um, she's, so she just takes the money and she jets it, but she leaves her house. She's packing. She has the money. And then she's driving the car, but then she she sees stops her at, boss. Sees her boss just randomly at the. But she didn't necessarily. Did she? I don't. I didn't notice that much when he gave her that weird look. I'm like, it. I don't know. She didn't look that different to be like. Why would he be suspicious? Well, because but, she told or, no, no, no. Because she, I think because she told him that she was going home uh-huh. right afterwards. Yeah. Maybe she's going to the store to get some long, aspirin. Yeah, potentially. That's true. You but know what I mean? I like, don't tell me my baby. But I think, I mean, obviously they were implying that something felt off about this. Right. Or she was, well, and or, I should say it could be both. She was super paranoid because you saw yeah. how she was with the cop, super paranoid, even though really she have much to, the bitch drives with this money <laughs> in her car. And falls asleep on the side of the road. Just and not in like a nice area. Purposefully. Yeah, not a nice area. Just like, oh, I'm gonna stop right here. Yeah. Just she's like randomly. This is a random spot for me to fall asleep despite the fact right. that I have enough money to stay at a motel. Easily. Which then I then go do. Maybe there wasn't a motel in between. I don't know. There's that yeah. long strip. I mean, I take that Arizona trip all the time from here to California. There's a long <laughs> strip, yeah. especially when you're only getting six miles of a gallon in that baby. <laughs> This is true. You are driving a <laughs> you know boat I mean? at that point. Exactly. So maybe maybe she couldn't make it. Um, yeah, I wasn't really sure because one, I get that why he did the uh, the black and white was uh, he kind of wanted to switch things up a little bit. Um, Alfred Hitchcock was kind was of mainly because of the, the he was thinking it was going to be too vivid and too well the the violence was going to be too vivid but also it'd be too more expensive where he could keep mm. it lower budget for this because sure. it was under a million dollars to make this film right um you know and he didn't get a huge budget from the studio who didn't think it was going to be that great and in fact he negotiated and was he got sixty percent of the box office so and. In well, 2006, I guess I should say that's the last time it showed an inflation. He would have made 130 million dollars from this movie. So he was trying to make this as Damn. economical as he could. He used the same uh, crew from his TV show right. to do this because right, he right. kind of wanted to see what he could do, make a good low budget horror film right, right, versus right. the crap. Um, 
uh, which is hilarious. It was even kind of crappy and disposable back then. And we still kind of have that where it's like the disposable horror now. Yeah, that be Yeah, so, style. But, for, but because of that, I didn't have a concept of how long she had been driving at the time. So when she pulled over, it still kind of looked, it didn't look that much darker yeah, out for me. Yeah, so I agree with so you. So while I'm sure it was because she drove a long way and was really tired, visually I couldn't really tell how long she'd been driving yeah i did feel like she just didn't she just you just took off right now yeah, maybe you the just got the best literally day. left yeah. did you but i mean i don't know Good i just pressing time i yeah. guess it makes sense yeah. but at the and she acted super sketchy with the cop well I, you know like, this is one of the crap. themes that happened throughout a lot of hitchcock films in my opinion is this this element of paranoia yeah you yeah, think <laughs> through, i mean even from um vertigo there's this element of paranoia that happens uh, yeah so um i can understand why because i think we need to get well, that it's sense also of paranoia a good person doing something bad right. so to remind people that she's actually a good person you have to right, remind her conflicted. How, how horrible she is at being bad yeah <laughs> and exactly doing, and she is conflicted because yeah. obviously when we get introduced to Norman and in the hotel room, she kind of changes her tone. She, yeah. she almost leaves, yeah. you know? So I think she almost goes back. Right. Um, so I think that she was going to go back actually. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Although I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I agree. And then yeah, we'll go back. We'll, we'll go back, back to it. But anyway, we'll so, there. so she, that, that air paranoia, I think is very, um, very strong, not only in Hitchcock films, but in the scenes that we see with her going to Greenwich, I think, or Greenville or whatever the, the place was that her boyfriend, yeah. her boyfriend lives basically. Um, Cause wasn't she on her way to LA? I was, I was like, very uh, confused. It wasn't LA per se. It was like green, but, but it was on route. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to California from right, Arizona. So that's route 66, correct? Uh, I take the 10. <laughs> <laughs> I take the gotcha. 10 in. Okay. Um, but yeah, the whole sequence with the uh, with the police officer was rather interesting. I thought, um, yeah, because it was it was she was just so on edge the whole yeah, time. She's so uncomfortable. Uh, but at the same time, that works really really well in the scene. Even though she was saying dumb things, I thought I'm like you could just play a cool girl. Seriously, just play cool. How many decades have women got a speeding tickets with their boobies? Like she could easily <laughs> easily just bat her eyes. Oh, sorry, officer. He looked manipu- like easy to manipulate. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that that'd be easy though, right? right? Well, and that oh, would yeah. also be against her character. Yeah, I mean, because her character is still supposedly not that bad of a person, right? Right. Just, but I do like the tension that's being built. Sure, you know the they really did a great job with making the cop seem like the dick in this scene where he's yeah. just doing his job. Yeah, and you don't want her to get caught, and he's just being an asshole. Mm. But in all honesty, if you flip the script like he's just doing his job he l- did not do anything outside anything of that. outside of that no. exactly so i'm like i think they did a really good job that way yeah. building that tension i'm like i really hate that guy like i want her to get away yeah. how moment. dare he ask for her license jesus christ <laughs> who does he think he is quite frankly ma'am you are acting a little yeah. odd and he was very polite too at very the same polite. time and he looked he had like this asshole look on his face but he was just like please and thank you <laughs> at the same time so i thought that was um <laughs> pretty entertaining give me your license with the pretty please with cherry on top yeah. <laughs> um so she gets off and then she heads to the uh car car dealership, dealership. with the weirdest opening line of the salesman I like it's glad to see it. that uh sale car salesmen haven't changed that much yeah <laughs> since then where he's just like well, first customer of the day is always in trouble that's so weird 
Like what? That's the weirdest icebreaker. Well, I mean, it made sense for his pitch. You know yeah, what I mean? But like, it's so scummy. Like, so like, eh. it's a, uh, it's a used car salesman. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much more sleazy you can. Oh, I mean, it was pitch perfect, but it know, was so like, weird. You're, you're going to rip me off, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. No, sir. That's what you do. I mean, it could be the guy day. from Fargo. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, like we could have just had that hey used there. car salesman. You know what I mean? Like. But that whole scene, too, I think at the same time. Was, same thing. Same thing with the cop. Right. That she could of, not be more suspicious. Right, and right. yet you're still like, this guy's pushy. This guy's she's, weird. It's because she's pretty, though. You yeah. know, everybody's just like, mm, I think I'm going to let her get away with it. Yeah. I know there's something up her sleeve and she's doing something that I probably uh, should be looking into. But have you seen those dimples? But I'm not. <laughs> exactly. But I'm not. She just batted her ass and I died a little bit inside and I liked it. <laughs> um, so she, so she sells the car because she thinks she's getting followed. Uh huh. And right? she pays, she trades it in and she spends 700 right. more. Right. It was like 13 grand now. It's like seven grand, give or take. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Like seven grand. I mean, pretty still, still but pretty still like legit. Pretty freaking hefty for a used car. Hell yeah. Especially if yours is perfectly fine. I know. <laughs> I mean, the irony is that she probably could have just, she could have used the same car. You Literally, know? the cop was not following her. He drove elsewhere. Yeah, but I mean, in some crazy way, though, she's not very she's not a criminal. She made a good choice ditching the car. Yeah, kind of <laughs> only because that's the things that fucked her over when she got to the actual motel. Right. That's the way that they found out where she had been killed. Exactly. But at the time, you're like, you don't have to do it, girl. Like, Nobody is following you at this point. Right. So, I mean. Like, I don't even know if your boss knows what kind of car you drive. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, okay. She drives a car? Whoa. Whoa. You're crazy. She's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, they're like, they gave her a license? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Well, she is single. She, Yeah, she does need to get around <laughs> to find herself a man. What is wrong with her, I wonder? Jesus. Man, I wonder when she's going to have kids. She's not getting any younger. Picky, picky. Your father and I really worry. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. So, so, and then we get to the Bates Motel, which, in all honesty, probably one of the most charming I've been to that motel people I have ever oh, met. Yeah. Norman on screen, super likable, totally. And I was like, super oh, innocent so and nice and wholesome and unassuming. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd give you the goods, bro. I'd like, do it. And and here is where I saw the first season of Bates Motel. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, that's right. And I guess because I've known the twist since, you know, for like over 20 years now, um, I always just kind of assume he's like creepy or whatever. But watching this, I'm like, but he's really not. So watching the Bates Motel when Freddie Highmore, who does a great job, by the way, is never not creepy. It's kind of like, oh, man, I mean you always assume he's creepy because you know it. But when you actually watch how Norman is in the original source material, he's not creepy at all. He's super likable. Yeah. He's super normal seeming minus, you know, having a thing of sticking in at birds, you know, and stuffing them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's, it was interesting where I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. He's actually really 
seemingly normal guy. Yeah, very personable. I really enjoyed that uh, exchange between them, which is by far one of my favorite scenes. That was a great dialogue. Or yeah, a great that, scene where she's eating. That whole thing was just Is really, that what you're referring to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That whole thing was really, really wonderful. Very, very simple. Um, you know, he comes out with the, you know, 12 rooms, 12 vacancies, like his his little How do they financially, how does. does he financially survive? Where does he get money when he's like, he no one stayed here for weeks. Probably at that point he owns it. You know, I they know, own all that land. They electricity own all that ain't stuff. free. Well, back then it ain't that expensive either. Still, he could buy yeah. like You don't know if he, does, if he has a bike in the basement, you know, and he's just like churning it for the day. But how does he buy groceries? Oh, if they haven't had visitors for weeks, that's a bad business plan, son. Yeah. Maybe he has a garden. <laughs> to make his bread. Yeah. My favorite line was he, well, he says, you know, I was just going to, for dinner, I was just going to have sandwiches and milk. And he's like, I'll come and get you when they're ready. I'm like, uh, you're not baking it. Are you making the bread right now? <laughs> like, yeah. Make a sandwich. Takes two seconds. Yeah. He what are you making? Like, you're like, Ugh. made it seem like he was cooking. Yeah. I'm like, how do you make sandwiches, bro? Dude, I made my wife's Here's sandwiches your last sandwiches. night. It took me a good 10, 15 uh, minutes. Norman, that's chili. No, it's a sandwich. My mom said this is a sandwich. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I made a sandwich for my wife last night, and it was like- you Took know, you it forever? Good, it was like a good 15, 20-minute sandwich, but what, you know- I What did you toasted, preheat the oven to? Toasted the bread, <laughs> you know, made some avocado, some turkey, lettuce, cut onions. Oh, so good. So good. Um, but no i thought that that scene was interesting um but it's very telling though because he invites her in the back of the parlor obviously and they have a very wonderful exchange Um, well before before that his mom lectures him before he brings out the food so he can't really forget that oh yeah that's right because he's he offers her to come to dinner right yeah he offers to come to dinner and then he goes up there and gets an earful from mother. You know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, mom. I really like this girl. Why don't you just let me have dinner with her? Um, you know how that is. So, I mean, in really, and that's the first inst- like instance between him and his mom that we see mm-hmm. or really or that we listen to. Um, and she's just so demanding. She's just angry. I mean, I'll say it now. She's a bitch. Yeah. She's just, she is not a pleasant lady at all. Mm-mm. Meanie pants. She is just Debbie Downer. Yeah. So, you know what boys <laughs> want when they invite girls for dinner, right? And he's just like, so. Mom, what? I'm in my thirties. I want to do it finally. Yeah. Please, please. <laughs> Can I? She's please. really pretty. I have needs. Please. All right. Fine. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> fine. I won't. All right. Um. So then he brings her the, the sandwiches. I mean, the creepiest line, though, is just like he gives her the sandwiches. And he's like, go ahead and eat. I'm not hungry. Yeah, so weird. It's like, like, oh, ate. that's creepy, like, yeah, dude. It's like, okay, you're going to watch the, me. It, what I love about. You eat like a bird. Oh, God. It's surrounded by dead birds, by the yeah. way, which is even more ugh, eerie, in my opinion. <laughs> you eat like a bird. I like it. I like it. Can I mount you? <laughs> <laughs> like these birds. Like these birds. What? Nothing. Actually, it's a misconception. Birds actually eat a lot. You're fucking disgusting. Wipe your face, girl. <laughs> it's disgusting. Right? Can so you at least that. can you at least close your mouth? Jesus, Gross. stop we eating were, like that. We raised in a barn full of birds. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> that line didn't come off that yeah. way. You know, you eat like a bird. Just kidding. Just You're get- fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it kind of yeah, felt like, yeah. right? If we were really looking at it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, even even to me, that that exchange in um, pacing in that scene was absolutely phenomenal, in my opinion, man, because mm. you can you have this really great give and take and you're learning a little bit about him. And then he's hiding. There's something you go. You oh, it was feel per- that it was he's amazing. hiding something. Well, that was a beautiful thing. And I don't feel we get a lot of that nowadays when they're talking about nothing to do with the plot. But yet it's so telling. Uh-huh. And it's so just filling in the gaps with her character while informing you about him. Totally. And it's like they're not even remotely talking like that's not even I mean, that's the purpose of it. But it's so not so plot heavy. It's right. just building that. So it kind of is like the the resolution of her and the start of him. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was such a well done scene. Totally. Because right up to this point, our protagonist has been uh, Marion. Yeah, throughout the throughout the entire, she's our guide. She is she is our focus point mm-hmm. for this entire movie. And then there the two of them meet here. Um, one of the, my favorite lines that he says is like a boy's best friend is, is his, his mother. mother. Like I was just like, ooh. You know what's really interesting to me? That line really kind of stood out because I started realizing that moms kind of just became a giant motif throughout this entire movie, like that theme of moms, because you have her saying in the very beginning of the movie about her with her photo of her mother on the mantle while he comes for dinner. And then you have the, her, her coworker talking about her mom called and so, and so, so there's always, there was these, these things that were coming at it about like moms, right? There's Mm. like, though, when you talk about them, they're alive, you know what I mean? So Bates talks about his mom in a way that brings her to life. And we never see her throughout the entire movie all until all the way up to the end. But in our mind, she is, alive and yeah i always thought that was kind of interesting hearing everybody because everybody makes a reference about their own mother throughout the film yeah which i thought was pretty cool um the 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 other end for me that i really loved about this movie is there's a dynamic shift uh well not the the this particular scene there's a dynamic shift that happened when she kind of poked a little too much you saw that she said something that triggered him a little bit with oh um, she kind of challenged him about the place of the mother or whatever and right, he kind of snapped a little bit right because he got I mean, short with her I, I could see a little bit of both because there was a, I mean, the camera angles changed, you mm. know, the lighting changed yeah. a little bit and we kind of saw him from a different point of view that kind of almost made him this from this charming young man to this kind of more menacing, like yeah. it's kind of a trigger. Why would you say that? Yeah. And it switches really, really nicely mm. with that within that scene. Um, but yet at the same time, it did feel like a very natural give and take. If you didn't really know what was to come, it would have been, Oh, I mean, it was just, it was a conversation. Okay. My bad. I pushed a little too Mm -hmm. much and then you pull back and then it ended at a very nice place all the way up leading to right after that, which was, uh, getting murdered, (laughs) getting murdered in the show. What, what was she, why was she doing the math? What the, the only thing I could think of was she was trying to see how much she would owe her boss. That's basically what she was doing. She was calculating out how much money she spent already for how much money she owed the money because when she's going to pay it back because she, yeah, because she, you know, she said something by the very end of the, um, the end of that scene where basically she was just kind of like, you know, 
maybe I should rethink what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and that guided her to think a little bit more deeper about it. Started sitting down, calculating out how mm-hmm. much she would do. Like, how would I get myself out of this trouble? Yeah. Like I'm, this isn't me. You know, this was a, this was again, a crime of passion at yeah. the same exact time. Maybe I can talk my way out of this, yada, yada, yada. So I think she was just kind of working it out in her head because throughout the whole entire time, I mean, one of my favorite moments and we kind of passed it over a little bit when she's making her way to the hotel through the rain, um, as uh, as she's driving, I mean, she has this really beautiful internal monologue about what she thinks everybody is saying. You know what I mean? And I think for her, she's already played out this whole thing in her uh-huh. mind. You know, she she has this choice to go this way, and she has this choice if it goes this way. And she she already played it out in her brain. Interesting. Um, which is a really great scene, yeah. by the way. I'm, yeah, very subtle. Yeah, very <laughs> subtle. I don't think it's subtle, no. but it's really unique in my mind to see what everybody else is thinking outside without ever having them on the screen in a very like short amount of time. That makes sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So. She she writes this letter out, but my thought is is like, is she really going to go through with it? But I guess that's the thing we would we never, never know, know because she rips it up and she throws it in the yeah. toilet, and then she flushes it. And so I was like, well, what does that mean? Does it mean that she she's going to go through with it, or does that she mean decide to move forward? But to, to move forward, my hope is that she she would basically throw it down the drain, take the shower, go to bed, wake up the next day. And back. drive back mm-hmm. and just be like, you know what? I fucked up. My bad. You know what I mean? This is what I'll owe you. I apologize. Yada, yada, Listen, yada. Listen, I got honey dick. You know how it is. <laughs> I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. I, I got to get it. Get it. Get it back. Um, I got a dick, dude. What is dick, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, but she never makes it out alive. No. So we, did you we notice she looks know. at the camera when she starts up the shower? No, I, didn't. I had to rewind it, but she does this thing. Like <laughs> you see extras do all the time where they look at the camera and then they realize they're looking at the camera and, and do that like away. blink and they like oh, quickly look funny. up. Yeah. I run. I'm like, did that just, <laughs> I don't know. That's that great. Um, so obviously we come to the most iconic scene of this film that actually made it what it is today, which is the ring, 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 where he stabs a whole bunch of times and we never see one stab that's the beautiful thing about we just see the movement right and cut to a cut right Mm -hmm. like cut 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 and it actually is bait mom yeah which shows us the jealousy that she has potentially I mean, she finally gets up out of that rocking chair and does something with her day. Jesus. You're like, mom, you didn't even stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you didn't cramp up. Right. Uh, before, before the murder though, we have Bates looking through a keyhole. Yeah. Kind of it's peeping a, Tom. Yep. Ask, did you feel like it was more of a peeping Tom? Did like, did you versus get versus what versus, I don't know. Like, I don't know because we know what we know Yeah, about the movie. I think he's a peeping Tom. Think I think so? that's how he gets his jollies. He's very bored. There's only so many birds you can stuff in a day. Yeah. So, and he doesn't get guests very often. And it's probably just him all day, every day, even though the townspeople knew him, but still right. like, so he's known in the community. He's that guy where it's like, I don't know, man, he seemed like a nice dude, you right, know, right, later right. on when he gets busted. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's probably where he gets his jollies. Yeah. Because mom doesn't probably. like it when he goes to strip clubs because she's like, I can smell the coconut oil and there's glitter on you. I know where you went to, honey. <laughs> no, 
oh. I was frolicking in the never forest. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> you smell like a bottle of Hawaiian chopping. I know where you went. Your mother always knows. <laughs> I used to work there. <laughs> how do you think I met your father? I know how horrible how men that are. Go down? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, lo and behold. Uh, With the worst cleanup ever, by the way. With a f- mop. Like DNA, he's literally making the whole bathroom have DNA of her all all over over the place. But he didn't. I mean, that's the thing. They didn't have DNA. So, I mean, it looked nice. That's my one of my favorite bits from John Mulaney, who, by the way, do you know that comedian is? No. Oh, you have to watch his Netflix special. He would be the perfect Norman Bates because he would not assume he'd be able to kill anybody. Uh He's so wholesomely wonderful. But he was saying back. Like how recent DNA is, like actually being able to find people's DNA. He's like, back then there used to be um, crime scenes and the detective would come in and someone would be like, detective, there is a pool of blood of the killer's blood over here. And the detective would go, gross, clean it up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Kind of the same thing. That's what I was thinking of when I saw that where it's like they didn't really have DNA back then. So did they? I don't think it was 60s. No, dude, they didn't have DNA back then. They like. I don't think like, that's any way to tooth. check it. Where does a tooth fit? Yeah. Find the body. <laughs> See yeah. if it's a tooth fits, you yeah. know? I don't, I don't think they actually had. I don't think so. I don't think in 1960 that was a thing. If And I if mean, they did, I'm not that smart to know that far back in history. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, cleaned it up and then kind of go on with our day. Oh, he discovers it. And it's like, oh, no, mom. Uh, yeah. Oh, you knucklehead. But I think at the same time, it was it was a very um, endearing point because he. He, he seemed he, genuinely like mortified. Yeah, totally. But and, he's like not he was gonna, protecting his mother. Exactly. So you kind of at this moment, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. I mean, he's trying to do a good thing for his mama. Yeah. You know, what will we do for our mom? Like, if my mom kills him, maybe like, that bitch did it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I'm, I'm not like, going to. She did it, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to save you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she did it. Yeah, I can figure out your cookie recipe on my own. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's uh, what you get for getting me socks for Christmas last year, mom. Mom. They didn't even fit. <laughs> uh, but I have enough white socks. Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah, underwear. Again. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Um, but at the same time. <laughs> you feel you feel like he's wanting to protect yeah, his mom. Yeah. So I what I really like about that particular scene is she he um you see the progression of him looking at how to clean up this mm-hmm. this crime scene. There was a bit to me that that looked at it from a way like is this something that he's done before? I was going to ask you, do you think that's or, happened? I that's the tough part nobody's for me. come missing before. I feel like yeah. cuz he realized when she said one name and he looked down and she wrote something else uh-huh. that she was on the run. Oh yeah. So like he put two and two together really he, well. So, and that was even before he killed her. Right. He looked at the book and kind of had an knowingly <laughs> smile like, Oh, like, so I mean, maybe that was a give, maybe, you know, maybe that was a give for us to think that he actually, this is something that he's done before, you know, because if she's on the run, maybe nobody's going to be missing her. Maybe nobody, if they are, they're just going to assume that she kept going. Exactly, and she's so never going to be found hide again. Her car anyway. in the place no one would look in my backyard, basically <laughs> in the tar pits. In the tar pits. I'm like, who just has a tar pit in their backyard? 
Whatever. That's what you gotta gotta buy for yourself when you're gonna be killing people. I mean, it's really it's good. a perfect crime. I mean, it's really perfect. Who's gonna search a tar pit? No one's gonna smell a dead body in a tar pit. Hey, guy in scuba gear, go and t- tar pit. Huh? Hey, detective, go huh. fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> see funny. shit down there. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they buried dinosaurs in, bro. Like, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? What do it look like a stegosaurus? Get the fuck out of here with Jesus that. How about you go here. down there? Yeah, what the hell's the matter with you? Give me a straw to breathe out of you, asshole. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to the same point, we I felt like that whole cleanup sequence was in real time. Yeah. Like, he got Just that about, down yeah. pat, you oh, know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, this may is... may have done it before. May have done it before. Um I love I love the the beat where the car goes starts going down and then it stutters a little bit before it fully goes all the way down and you just cut to him just like come on come on come on come on on. please and then it goes down and he's just like yes excellent (laughs) Um, and then we cross dissolve to meeting the sister and the boyfriend again right Uh, Lily Lucy Lila Lila that was it Lila. Lila Lila and uh, Sam. Lila, Sam is at his shop. I mean, here's my, here's my question. Like, how much money was he paying alimony to his ex-wife? I mean, he owns that whole shop. Yeah. Well, pretty much all of it. <laughs> right? Yeah. He To me, when they talked about, when he talked about it, it made it seem like everything he was making from the shop was going to his ex-wife. And uh. I can relate. <laughs> 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 uh, welcome to 20 months of my life. Yes, son of a bitch. Dang, all that. Um, so, <laughs> so we get into. Too soon? Too soon? No, 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 no not soon <laughs> enough, actually. Um, so, so. Yeah, Lila. We, we get, we get introduced to Sam working, mm-hmm. then crashes in Lila asking about her sister. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. And he has no clue. Mm mm. I don't know. And she's, she doesn't believe him at first. She doesn't believe him at one bit. So I was just like, this is an interesting exchange. Um, yeah, I was confused. So why did they choose a hotel instead of her house? Why did it seem like they were trying to sneak around it? Could it be? Okay. So, well, she lives, she lives with her sister. Okay. Cause yeah, that's, she never came home. Gotcha. Because I was like, why wouldn't, if, the sister knew they were dating. Why would they go to a hotel? And if he's not, if he's divorced, why someplace, why a hotel instead of one of their beds? But it's like, well, maybe at the time people would talk and it's a whole thing. And I think what it is, is that he's far away. He probably comes in for a bit of business. He has the hotel room. She Mm -hmm. meets him there because she doesn't want to bang with her sister and whoever else is there. And it just made it a lot easier, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to be in the shadows anymore because yeah. he doesn't know if he wants an actual relationship. So she's not going to bring her around the house, um, but she knows of him, but just didn't know how serious it was getting right. just yet. So that made a lot of sense to me to have Lila come to the actual shop and be like, oh, totally. yo, where's my sister? Because I know she's probably hiding out here. Look, I drove all of this way. The least you can do. I slept on the side of the road halfway here. The least you can do is tell me where my sister is. Exactly. So <laughs> where is she, bitch? Where is she? One thing I want to mention about Marion uh, that I, I did not notice until I looked at the trivia. And I'm like, oh, of course, is at the beginning 
before her heist, she wore a white bra and had a white purse. And then after the heist, she's shown in a black bra with a black purse. Yeah, I thought sense. that was interesting. Yeah, like her I mean, loss of innocence. Oh yeah, totally. It's like the clear to the other mm. other side yeah. of darkness, if you will. Mm. So yeah, totally. I mean, that's a that's a thing that happens. A yeah, lot they, they have a lot of movies, that. Uh-huh. right? And I thought that was kind of cool and worth mentioning. So. Totally. Anyway, <laughs> back to <laughs> back to that where the detective comes in. Someone always sees a girl with forty thousand dollars, which I'm like, how often does this happen? I mean. I'm assuming you're right, but that's a weird statement to make, mister. I know. I don't know. Um, I thought the sheriff was around. I mean, you remember him from 12 Angry Men. He the was detective? One of the, yeah, the detective. Detective uh-huh. uh, Abba. Yes, Detective Abba. Detective <laughs> Abba. Detective Milton Arbogast. Arbogast. I'm like, Abagaba. Abagaba. Arbogast, thank you. Arbogast. I um, like Detective Abba better. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, Arbogast, I thought, was a really interesting character. He's a very curious man, mm-hmm. but not in a bad way. Like, no. he, he was poking what he needed to poke at, and he was doing his but was job. Respectful. But it was respectful. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, I feel like that scene was pretty pretty dialed in. We we knew that when he was talking with them or when he was talking yeah, with, when he was talking with, okay. with them, when he was talking with um, Lila and Sam, realizing that, OK, well, these guys don't fucking know either. Mm. OK, well, now I guess let me just let me just do now it. I got to go find out. And now I actually got to go earn my paycheck. <sighs> and then he only knocks on like a couple doors. Yeah. He was just like, hey, hey, hey. Is she here? No. OK, moving on. The crazy part to me was that she was knocking on door. He was knocking on doors in his small town just to make it backtracking to the hotel. Yeah, I didn't really fully get the logic that was of, of a, that. That was a kind of a quick jump for me yeah. to be completely honest with you. My assumption was that he made it to the hotel on the way there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So that, but you know, maybe I missed something in the plot. But whatever. Yeah, I think I missed that too because I'm like, why is why is this happening? Either way, I mean, because I, then we sick- jump to him going to the car dealership, right? So it makes, Which I'm not even entirely sure how he found that car dealership, but maybe it was just en route to, I'm assuming it was en route to the boyfriend. That's my point. Like what he follows his, her sister. So what was from, the timeline? My assumption is that the timeline was that she went from, from work to, um, no, what was the timeline? How long was the detective searching before he found the Bates motel? No, because clue. I'm assuming that probably took a long ass time. It it kind of didn't seem that way. It they didn't seem it at all rather quickly. But whatever. But I'm just dude. thinking. Legi- yeah, yeah. We just got to get him there. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what Hitchcock was saying, like, who cares? We just got to get him there. Here. But he gets there, and it was good that he kind of would always keep checking in. Uh huh. Because then they knew how to get to him, and that solves that logistical problem for the plot, where it's like, well, how do they know? Right, right. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that boy is super nice. Totally trust what he says. But I'm going to go back because I don't trust what he said. <laughs> like yeah, basically much. what he said in the phone booth. Right. But there was uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the catches in the exchange between them. He Bates kept contradicting himself. Yeah, totally. Kept- and the guy wasn't even trying to catch. Him. I think the detective went there thinking she probably stopped in. Right. He wasn't questioning norman's intent whatsoever he's like oh she probably can't you don't recognize this person or this name is probably because she did a fake name because she stole money right and norman kept tripping up 
over his own feet. Right. He was almost how Marion was at the beginning where it's like, she has no reason that they're suspecting anything, whether it's the cop or the car dealer, but she's guilty or freaking out. And it was the same way with Norman. Now I agree. And I think what I, but what I do love at the same point is now we kind of want Bates to get away with it in a way. Well, at least because do, we don't because, know that it's the mom yet. Yeah. So we're just like, he's just covering. He's just covering for her just, right now. Just tell him that the place is closed so no more people won't die. It's fine. <laughs> It'd be easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of really great, um, great tells. A lot of wonderful micro gestures that are happening in mm-hmm. the, like the nuance of the performance was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And you know, you got to detect a good detective doing his job. Yeah. Cause for, and, and even with Norman, slipping up so much if you don't know the twist at the end it makes sense because like oh this dude's covering for his mom but he's way in way over his head yeah like poor dude's just covering for him he's freaking out mm-hmm. it's not until later like oh <gasps> yeah exactly <gasps> um so the so so uh abergast ends up going to the phone mm. and he calls he calls him up saying look at i don't i didn't get him i didn't get much i don't no. got anything really i think he's good but i don't but i don't at the same <sighs> time because he went he says something about his mom yeah and i th- yeah because he wouldn't let him talk to the mom he was very standoffish about the right. mom and well he also said like are you here by yourself he's like yeah and then he said something about like mom. Oh, i saw so, wait a minute, are there. you here oh. are you here uh right like okay you're lying to me, bro. <laughs> but what he's a, not. But he's not. That's true. But at the same time, it's. But yeah, and and I mean, to could that, you imagine being like the detective uh-huh. within that moment? I'd be like, something wrong, bro. What's yeah. going on with you? You know. And so, of course, I'd be curious. Sure. And, and I don't so, even think at that point he was necessarily thinking anything about Norman either. No, he thought he was just going to go run upstairs. Because Norman's a fucking nice dude. He like really he's is. So but he's that's just, how psychos usually are. He looks like a sweetie pie. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I would pinch his cheek. I'm just saying. <laughs> like I would give him a Werther's original. Like, oh, is that a sex act? <laughs> yes, that is. <laughs> no, that's the that's the butterscotch candy that's in every grandma's purse. Teo. So, um, but it could be a sex act. I don't want to picture that though. It kind of makes me gag a little bit. But anyway, so. I will. <laughs> but no, like he still was probably thinking she saw something or something just didn't feel right. But I don't even think at that point, I still don't think Norman was on his radar. Right. Like as he did something. Because even when. Agreed. Norman's like, I didn't do anything wrong or whatever. The detective seemed very genuine. Like, I know you didn't. Like, it's okay. Because if anything. If I'm the detective in that situation talking to a guy that seems super nice, I might think that the that Norman would be freaking out because just because he didn't realize this woman was on the run, he didn't want to be guilty by association or whatever. Sure. So it'd be like, no, dude, like she was in the wrong. This woman who stole money is in the wrong. You're fine. You know, it's okay to be you're nervous. Good, like You're good, bro. So I thought that was – and then he went inside and walked upstairs and – and he was up. met with, which was weird because when the stabbing happened, it was towards his chest. But then when it shows the detective, his face is slashed. I guess you just assume that it was the downwards. But he was nowhere down. near. I mean, that's uh, like bad professional wrestling where the punch is like <laughs> two feet from the face. Well, whatever. And they did the vertigo type of shot. It was like, right. You know what I thought was kind of crazy is that day of shooting Alfred Hitchcock. Um, he was sick. So they were going to cancel the whole entire day. 
And then he was like, no, we storyboarded the whole thing. So why don't you guys just go ahead and shoot that sequence? And they, they shot that whole, that whole Where thing with pretending to fall with a projector yeah. behind him. Yeah. That whole house scene. They, mm-hmm. oh, they shot with that Hitchcock there. Cause he was just like, no, we just do it. And he just, he just let him have at it, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I, he shows trust in his team. Well, he'd been yeah. working with them for a while on the show. So. Yeah, so it made a lot of sense. And also, I mean, it was all storyboard. I mean, Saul Bass is a phenomenal yeah. designer and storyboard artist. So it's like, okay, cool. So it's already ready to go. Just, we just, even just talk about it. the art direction. I thought the art direction was fantastic in this. Totally. I mean, everything was on stages except for the exteriors with the driving. Dude, well, it, even, f- it felt like we were actually... On location, yeah. I mean, it felt living, breathing sets. It didn't well, it feel like a sense, obviously, I mean, the sets are still standing in Universal right now. You can walk mm. through them. Yeah, you know, um, I've, walked, I've I've done that tram tour where I saw yeah. the hotel. I've actually walked through the hotel. Yeah, and the house because well, the hotel's the recreated. It's not the actual one. That's a replica, but the house is the real house. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, mm. uh, but I did. You can um, during the Halloween horror nights or I whatever. Need to do that. I've lived out here for six years now. Never walk it. That's awesome. <laughs> it's really cool, actually. So, I gotta do that. We gotta do that this year, this next year. I don't want to go to that. It's scary. Okay. Really scary. Okay, I'll go. I'll, 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 go. Go. I'll buy you a pair of depends, bro. Teo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so and then so he, he, gets, dies. And he dies. Now, now you have uh, the two Wyland, most unlikely detectives, basically. Now, but they want to get to the bottom of it, obviously. So they go to the sheriff. And the sheriff was um, basically telling them, "Dude, uh, what a lazy sack of shit!" That's what I'm saying, dude. He, but at the same time, he just wanted to go back to bed. Yeah, first they want to go to bed, and he's like, "Man, we're gonna. It's, we just got done with church. You want to go have dinner?" Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the she's gonna thing, still be dead tomorrow morning. Like, let's, it's not gonna be that big a deal. Oh. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of nice. To have uh, that scene was to me one of my favorites outside of the Bates and Marion conversation. But the reason why this one was one of my favorites is because it's such a good way of holding information and then releasing it right when the time's right. And there's very subtle plants that are happening in that conversation. So you have Sam and Lila going to the sheriff's house, telling him like, "Look, it, these people didn't do this. These people didn't do that." And he said that the Bates mom, you know, there's a lady and then there. There's kind of that casual look between the couple. Well, like, there was. The look between the couple and the 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 wife said something like, "Oh, he married." Yeah, yeah, and was thinking that maybe you know maybe he, there was a woman there. Mm. Lo and behold, they're talking about the mom, and he's like, "Well, I saw it myself." Yeah, and the the information we've heard it a couple of times of him saying like, "There's the mom." He keeps saying about the mom, and then all the sheriff automatically just says, "Is like, well, I know that you can't that there's nothing." there because the mom died died for for like 10 years and i was just like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) right like that's the oh shit sorry his stepmom my bad (laughs) yeah well that's the that's the moment right that's the moment where i realized well who the fuck is it now exactly yeah who the hell is this now and then we have the cut scene to uh norman having the argument with his mom in the room about Taking trying her down to, to hide the basement. her yeah. to hide like her. And she's like, I ain't doing it. I ain't going nowhere. You mm. can't make me. And he picks her up and he moves the body, um, down the stairs into the basement. Right. I, we kind of skipped this part, but it kind of cracked me up after, uh, Sam took a tour and didn't see anything. And then went back to, uh, Lily, Lily, 
Lila? Lila. Lila, going back to Lila, and he's like, no, there's nothing there. She's like, I want to go too. Something feels right. No, there's nothing there. No, it's just, I went there. I want to go there, and something feels right. Fine, you're right. Something doesn't feel right. Let's just go. <laughs> That's did, that did what it feel like. Yeah. It's just like, everybody was just like, you know what? I'm getting told something, but I just don't feel right. But I believe the guy. Yeah. But I don't believe the guy. But you know what? He's kind of a really nice guy, so maybe we should believe him. But I don't. <laughs> yeah, so, Jesus so Christ, dude. Make up your goddamn mind. <laughs> That's so funny. Son of a bitch. And they kind of went back and forth like that for a while, right? Yeah. So they end up getting there, and they, they, they rent a room. And they uh, they start this kind of like this detective mode mm-hmm. and distracting Norman distracting while Norman. they go in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting where Sam was like, look, it, I will distract him while you go search the house and talk to the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she cruises in while he distracts her. I mean, in all honesty, Sam could have come at it in a very much nicer way. But I think Sam knew deep down that that guy killed the girl that he yeah. loves. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like, I think it was a really good play on. I think it was impatient at that point. He's dude, like, dude, totally. I've been, like, we've waited this long. I've I been know here. It's you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, let me talk to your mama. Let me talk to whoever. It yeah, is. like he knows something is completely up. Now I forget. Did he knock Sam out? Right. Yes. Yeah. He hit him <sighs> with like a metal thing of Majabi yeah. from the from the. But what wherever. was I forget what Sam was looking at. What was he? Because he was looking at something, and then Norman came up behind him and hit him. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember I don't either. Remember. I just remember him getting. Clocked I just remember out. him getting clocked out. First off, saying like, "Where's your wife?" or whatever, and then, and then I don't think he was really looking at anything. He I think he was kind of getting in his face though, because he was like he was basically pressuring him. Oh, that's right, that's right. And then you just kind of reach for something and did and the whole just boosh, yeah, just um, and then he ran up the ass. stairs. She just went down to the basement. Uh huh. Went really down the basement. So, and then he finds the mom that is actually petrified. Mm. Uh, so the mom's basically dead. And this was such the weirdest. Basically. Weirding, basically. <laughs> she was mostly dead at this point. Most. Well, that, I say basically for a purpose, <laughs> by the way. Um, he, his mom's basically dead, kind of petrified in yeah. her outfit with her hair and all that type of stuff. Uh, this is the weirdest thing to me because, like, she sees the, the actual woman. We realize now that it's that it's not the mom. The mm-hmm. mom is dead. Yeah. So who the hell is it? In our opinion is the only one person that we think it honestly could be at that point, but dressed in the mom's yeah. outfit. Yeah. And he kind of just runs in and all of a sudden Sam comes to save the day. And it was like such a weird, like if that like, completely was the most that. anticlimactic dude. That's my like, point, it man. It bummed me out yeah, watching it like, this time all around. Of this build up for this moment. Like, like it, it even looked like uh Norman was smiling at the end. Like it didn't look like he was struggling. It just, uh, that was such a bummer for me this yeah. time around. I was really I mean, and you could, the hard part for me is like, <laughs> that is the punchline. Yeah. That is the reveal, Just the big reveal fizzles. that we're waiting for. Yep. And the turn of the body and then, you know, the, the one-eyed willy approach, you know, where we're looking at this, you know, crypt yeah. keeper basically. And then we're out of that moment so fast. There wasn't any real tension. There was kind no of happen- struggle. There was no real danger. Wouldn't there be a moment where like, this is a dead body? Like for me, I would have been like. I want to see what uh, the the sister's face looks like. Yeah. I want to, I want to, because at that moment she's clicking like, Holy fuck, this person is dead. Yeah. 
right when she's shocked, then boom, the next thing happens, then boom, the next thing happens. And then it's like, okay, well, let's just hurry up and end the movie. I'm like, fuck, can we like let this moment, like you can really, really, really build this moment out. Oh, totally. To creep well, and it. then him, I mean, Norman would probably try and fight both of them instead of like melting in Sam's hands. Yeah. Like, which to me in some crazy yeah. way makes it seem because that's the moment that the mom really fully took over in Norman's mind. So you think that at that point the mom was suffering from the vapors? That's why she collapsed something. I don't know. It's, it's a tough sell out. for me. It's a tough sell yeah. for me that he would just give up so quickly. Yeah, me too. It was a very, I mean, the whole movie had a lot of really great buildup mm. and then it just, yeah, fizzled out at the very end for me. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. We just, that's the start of Shyamalaning. Like Seriously. that's the first Sham. We just got yeah. Shyamalan by yeah, Hitchcock. We did, but Hitchcock so masterfully built it. I was just like, for me, I'm curious why he took that approach for mm. ending it so quickly. Yeah, personally, and I mean, we're, this kind of leads into the next thing. The third <clears throat> act this time around hated it. Yeah, I not hated a, it. I didn't like it at I all. I could, and the well, guy, the detective talking at the end and giving the whole backstory, I kept saying, like, shut up, dude. I'm yeah. like, shut up. I hated it. I hated it. I it agree was with, with you. everything in the whole movie, how masterful that script was, and how subtle all the lines were, and how much you could tell without literally telling. This was like the exact opposite of this. Yeah, I I'm agree. like, shut up, dude. Like, it didn't even, it wasn't even delivered well. Like, it was just so, like, this isn't, I don't know. I just no, it, no 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 I I completely agree with you. So basically, we realize that that Norm Norman Bates is his mother. Yeah, Norman Bates, the one that murdered the detective, murdered Marion, hid their bodies. So now we got to now we learn this like long drawn out psychological. And does approach. any of that matter? So that's the thing for me, man. I'm like, if there was anything that I would have done differently out of this movie is that last like 15 minutes Jesus of Christ. the end of this movie, I would have probably have built up the tension a little bit more throughout her in the house, finding, finding the actual fucking dead mom mm. and then playing the tension even further before she almost gets murdered by Norman or I guess his mom. I don't know how do you want to say that. Um, and then having Sam save the day. And then the dissolve to, I can get you, we can understand when they were saying, you know, Norman basically tried to murder her. But the only thing that we really honestly need to know is that that's not Norman anymore. That is that is the mom. Thank you. So honest, and after that, we're yeah. done, dude. We're done with that whole thing. Yeah. And then cross dissolve to, to the mom's internal dialogue with Norman ending on that fucking like, that's beautiful all you scene. Need. And you were good. You didn't need anything from nah, that psychiatrist. Dude, I was like, this is bullshit. None of that. This yeah. is bullshit. Thank you. I was getting totally. mad. Yeah, I was like, really? Hitchcock, are you kidding me? You were one of the most masterful fucking filmmakers in all of cinema, and you're spoon feeding me shit that I already know. And it's not needed. None, None of that of backstory is needed. None of it. The only other backstory that you maybe would want is that there was two other girls missing. Yeah. Maybe. That's it. And so I am completely on the same point with you. I was not a f- big fan of that. It was like a, it was like five minutes. It was a long of ass him speech. explaining that. Like the, I don't know. Maybe maybe that guy. Like maybe Hitchcock owes that guy something. You Must know, have. something. You know, like where they talk about their investors giving them the amount of money, and then they're like, "Look, I want to be an actor." So the guy was just <laughs> like, right. "Fine, fuck you. I guess yep. I'll give you the scene." You know what I mean? And you it's found the me most- the money. Okay, I want three percent. Finders fee. 
and a part in the movie. And a part in the movie. He's like, all right, I'll because give it, it to so you. Because it was so delivered. Totally. Oh, but, I mean, regardless of how horribly it was delivered, it just was so unnecessary. It really was. I mean, they teach you not to throw that much amount of exposition. Well, I mean, the first rule. But the that, whole movie was done in such a subtle way. And it's like. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, bing, bow, boom, 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 ha, ha, rah, rah, you know, the whole thing. It's like, I would imagine this, this anything, the thing that's probably the closest to how disappointed I felt is if a girl's talking to like meeting a dude, he's nice and sweet. He's saying a whole bunch of sweet things in text and, oh, he's so nice and considerate. No. Oh, he's close to his family. That's great. And then dick pic. <laughs> like, it's like, that's kind of how it felt where it's just like, did I just right get my dick face right now? Did thanks Hitchcock. <laughs> did Hitchcock just, did I just get teabagged by Hitchcock? Did I just get dick pic by <laughs> chubby but it's like, man, I was appreciating the script, and then it got to that point. I'm like, stop talking. Yeah, that last little section for me, man. So, I mean, and it ruined it, to yeah. be honest with you. Oh, really, totally. Those last 10 minutes ruined all the buildup, in my opinion. Oh, my God, 100%. So that... So disappointing. So that. I was so sad about that. Well, I mean, outside of the ending... What did you, I mean, would you recommend this? Is this I something would. that you I would, would? Uh, I would, well, so everybody knows, everybody knows the twist at this point. Well, you can't not. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of spoiler alerts. There's, I mean, it's but everywhere. Even that time, TV show, the Bates Motel, like that's yeah. just not, not a secret that he's a psychopath, but I think I would recommend it, but I would probably <clears throat> explain why I'm recommending it because I think if, because, I mean, normally you recommend a movie, your assumption is, oh, you're recommending the, the story or you're uh-huh. recommending whatever the the big what, you know, the big draw is to it. But it's everybody already knows it. So I f- feel like to appreciate it, you kind of want to I would want to specify why. Yeah, because um, even Alfred Hitchcock knew it. Like when they were premiering it in theaters, he had a cardboard cutout of him looking at his clock and basically, they said they would announce before the movie would start saying they're not letting in any late admissions because they don't want anyone. And they would like basically the cast. He made them at the beginning take an oath that they wouldn't reveal anything about the movie to yeah, anybody else. Talk about anything. He didn't even tell them how it was going to end until he filmed that scene. Oh, like it's super secretive because he knows that's that's the hook for the actual like tension yeah, of the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. But I think and for film lovers, I think it. and he butchers it and then he butchers it, man. Sorry. I, look at, I love Hitchcock, Yeah, but this, the ending of this is such a, a bummer. such a bummer. And the harder part is that everybody's going to, everybody knows the ending of this thing already. Yeah. But even more weird to me is like, this is the movie that everybody, when you think Hitchcock, what's the first movie that pops in your head? Psycho. Psycho. No matter what, mm. but I'm, I mean, maybe that's just our age bracket, but I, at the same time, you think of you think Hitchcock, so. you say you say Psycho, uh-huh. boom, flat out. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. The only other thing that comes to mind, and it's a far away second, is the birds. Right, 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 like, right. So, I mean, but I'd recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think agree. for film lovers and just forget that last stupid, stupid scene, Jeez, or man. watch it and be like, this is what you should never ever do because yeah. this can ruin a film. Yeah, I mean, one of the best pieces of advice um, Aaron Sorkin said was that never tell the audience something they already know. Yeah, I mean, like 
that was that's really great advice. You mm-hmm. know, vi- we've visually seen it over and over again. The, as soon as that moment comes where he, Bates is dressed up as the we mom, get it. we get it right out of the gate. You know, and then you have that last line of has knowing that he is not Norman anymore. Yeah, he is the mom. That's all you need. That's all you need. I mean, we're not going to keep hitting this point, no. but just if you guys are filmmakers out there, I mean, this is a good study in don't do that. <laughs> Please. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do so, that. So, I mean, I think we did it. I think we're I think good we, here. I think we did it. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, the filmmaking aspects hold up even if, even if the tension doesn't because you already know right. the ending. Yeah. But I think the filmmaking is pretty great. Agreed. Um, and I think it shows you can make a pretty solid movie with a low budget still. <laughs> Even back then. Even back you then. Know, so I totally, I totally agree with you, bro. Cool. So Jonesy, what's making you hard this week? Um, I recently just went to go see Arrival. Oh, how was that? Dude, I loved it. Really? I absolutely loved it. It's from the same director that did Sicario. Oh, so if you enjoy Sicario, snap. you're going to like this. I'm a big... Same um, DP? Uh, n- you know what? I don't think so. Okay. I'm not 100% on that, but I can tell when a Roger Deakins movie takes place. I don't think it was Roger Deakins, but um, the movie was just very few times I go to an actual big movie in the theaters and I walked out just going like, fuck, that was really good. Interesting. It was so well. That's encouraging to me. Cause I the mean, trailer made it look like just any other dude, alien movie, but it's, that's the funny part, man. It's, it's not about aliens so at glad. all. So I glad. mean, the aliens are like the conduit for what really, really mm. matters throughout this thing. And I just like, I could, I could talk about the things that I really enjoyed about the movie, but there will be large spoilers. Um, but at the same time, I would urge you to go see it if you like things um, like um, Encounters of the mm. Third Kind. Close Encounters or, of the Third Kind. Yeah, or, you know, E.T. Yes, if you like sci-fi movies, this is a really unique one to kind of... As Amy Adams. Dude, who's phenomenal. She's always great in everything. She's phenomenal. You know who also I was very um, stoked on was uh, whoever's the guy that plays Hawkeye or whatever from the Marvel Oh, Jeremy movie. Renner's Jeremy in Jeremy Renner's in it. Oh. And he kills it, dude. Such really? a great, great um, character that he plays. Something that I we haven't seen because he usually plays, you know, more action-y based type yeah. stuff. He plays a scientist in this movie. He hasn't done drama in a while. Dude, I mean, that's what made him known. He kills it in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, has Forrest Whitaker in it as well, who is absolutely great. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I literally just saw it last night, so it's really fresh in my mind. And I was just like, wow. That is such a beautiful story on like humanity in itself, you know, packaged very beautifully around. You think that it's an alien invasion. That's exciting. That's encouraging. Yeah, I would I would recommend it. And if you guys don't like it, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty damn good, though. Nice. Yeah. What about you, man? For me, uh, the star series Ash versus the walk or Ash versus the evil dead. Uh huh. It's amazing. Yeah, it's. I I flew through it because even though it's stars, it's it's really only a half hour show. Um, but it's if you like the original Evil Dead, then you will absolutely love this. It's up there with Fargo, where I mean, there's been multiple shows that have been turned or movies have been turned into shows. Like you have Lethal Weapon now, uh-huh. and you have Beverly Hills Cop, 
which didn't do well. Um, Rush Hour. <laughs> I don't see why that would do or wait, well. Wait, I don't even know if Beverly Hills Cop came out, but Rush Hour came out last year and was canceled pretty quickly. And you're like, why do they keep doing this? Well, Fargo is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Right. And Ash versus the Evil Dead is exactly what you would hope it would be. Yeah. It's hilarious in parts. Maybe it just kind of shows that some things will hit and some things won't. I mean, well, it's kind I of think, the run of the look. And I think it also has to do with have you have you tapped into something that, you know, you've gotten to the core of what the movie was about? And also, is that something that you actually has a reason to be now? You know, I haven't seen Lethal Weapon. I love that series so much. But I'm just like, why is I don't understand why it needs to be a show now? You know All what right. I mean? Um, and uh, but this is just. Awesome. I mean, it's just Bruce Campbell doing Bruce Campbell's thing. What he thing, does best. What he does best. Super cheesy. Uh, the lovable loser. Really the first Shaun of the Dead, if you think about it. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. And, um, it's just, it's, a, I mean, I it's creepy as shit at parts. Like, it's intense. But it's <laughs> you're also funny. You're watching it by funny. yourself, and you're like, ooh. So, I mean, honestly, like, that was the beautiful thing about the first Evil Dead, which was a student film in University of Michigan was just how eerie it was along with being funny. Right. You know, and it, like I said, if you love that, I wasn't a huge fan of evil dead too, because it was basically just a big studio giving them money to remake it. Um, and I didn't care for the remake. This didn't really do anything for me, but this is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. And it's pretty great. And Lucy lawless is in it and I have a huge crush on her. She's always <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um, so yeah, definitely. Even if, I mean, I just give it a chance. Give it a throw. Yeah, watch the first episode. It's like a half hour long. And if you don't like it, if you don't no, like it, just walk away. Thirty minutes back. I will <laughs> absolutely highly recommend that. Sweet man. So well, that's cool. So thank you so much for listening to this. Our next uh, movie in this will be The Grapes of Wrath. Ooh, I haven't ever even seen that movie. I don't think I have either. Well, this will be a treat. Till next time. Thanks, Jonesy. We out. <laughs>